0: Yo, it's Tim Malcolm, the host of the Phillies Nation podcast, also the editorial director of philliesnation.com, where you can get your Phillies news, rumors, opinion, information, and much more. Find Phillies Nation on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nation. We're on Twitter at Phillies Nation and on Instagram at philliesnation underscore. And the Phillies Nation podcast, this is episode number 29. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker and youtube.com slash Phillies Nation. This week's podcast, another special edition where it's just me and you. That's it. You're getting me for the entire duration of this thing. And the idea of this week's podcast is to get the hot stove turned up a little bit. It's been a really weird off season. We'll talk about that at the jump. But we haven't seen much movement in the hot stove at all. Nobody's really moved from team to team. There have been a few trades very little free agent movement, but now we're about ready to get that started. So I'm going through the list of the top 100 MLB free agents as per sportingnews.com. They put out a list a little while ago, and I'll go through the list and give you snap judgments on whether the Phillies should or should not go after that person. I might give you a flat no and move on, or maybe a little bit of a discussion, or maybe I will give you a yes, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but we're going to go through all 101 as quick as we can and we're gonna let you know I will will let you know whether the Phillies should go after said player or whether they should not go after said player that is the object of this week's podcast we'll also talk a little bit about the trade market again guys who the Phillies should be targeting and at the jump just a little bit about the another weird week it's been in Phillies baseball we'll get to that so without further ado welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast Nation. Welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast. It's episode number 29. I'm Tim Malcolm, the host of the podcast and the editorial director of philliesnation.com. The offseason is here. Well, it's been here for like a month now. It's been to me the longest offseason in baseball history. It feels like the offseason has been like three or four months long and I think it's because there's been a lot happening but nothing involving player movement. We've had very little of that Yeah, the Phillies made a couple roster moves. They shored up the 40-man roster in advance of the Rule 5 draft. Interesting moves that they made. Some obvious. A couple pitchers were put on the 40-man roster. Jose Tavares, uh, Ranger Suarez was put on the 40-man. Also, Franklin Killamay was put on the 40-man. But no Carlos Tochi, which is a little interesting to me because Tochi... Definitely deserves to be on a 40-man roster, but it seems as if the Phillies are thinking that even if a team plucks him, it's not worth having him on the roster. He doesn't give you just enough of what is necessary in a major league level just yet, but he's a very good defensive player. He can hit the ball very solidly, good contact tool, can run, just doesn't have the power yet, although that, many say, could come in the form of a 5-10 to 10 home run guy. Can be definitely a fourth or fifth outfielder in the major leagues at best, maybe even better than that. But Tochi, I guess in 2017 18, is not quite the guy that the Phillies need at this point. Although I still think, you know, Cam Perkins being on the 40 man roster is, you know, if you're going to have one guy on the 40 man roster between Perkins and Tochi, I'd probably rather go with Tochi. Perkins gives you some of the other things that Tochi doesn't give you, but I'd rather have a guy who could play all three outfield positions at a very high level and get on base through base hits and infield hits and stuff like that. It's always good to have a guy like that on your roster, but I guess the Phillies are thinking maybe they can hold on to him. They also did not uh, put Andrew Pullen on the 40-man roster, who had a very good season in writing before called up to Lehigh Valley, where he struggled a bit, had an average over 310, 320 in writing. He also has some power. But he's not anywhere near the defensive player that Tochi is. In fact, he's pretty below average defensively. So I think the Phillies are thinking that teams will not want to go after him at the Rule 5. Probably not. Teams in the Rule 5 draft are looking for, typically, guys that they can stash in the bullpen, left-handed relievers, and guys who might have some upside, uh, some strikeout upside that they can stash and see if they have a major league career. And sometimes teams are looking for guys like backup catchers. Or utility players, or you know, an outfielder who has really, really high level of potential, but is missing one thing. You know, whether that thing is a power bat, whether that thing is really good defense, whether that thing is a contact tool. Pullen is kind of devoid of a couple things. Tochi, I think, is closer. He only really lacks power at this point. But again, the Phillies, I guess, thinking that they can maybe hold on to him. But the pitchers that they kept on the forty man. Necessary. Suarez, Tavares, Kilame, and then Sir Anthony Dominguez as well. Who um, Sir Anthony Dominguez, who is really good uh, strikeout pitcher. Who I believe was in Clearwater last year, and he's now made the top fifteen list and in, in, in a lot of prospect lists for the Phillies. So good holds by the Phillies because teams will go after the sort of high potential you know, potentially high risk guys who are in the double A and above levels, uh, in starting rotation jobs, cause they'll give him a shot in spring training, you know, someone like a Dominguez or someone like a Ranger Suarez, but the Phillies obviously knowing that these guys are too good to not hold on to. So that's the move that they made over the week. And then the other news that happened over the week is again, you know, one of these unbelievable stories that we were just not ready for, prepared for, and it seems like the Phillies have been hit just a little bit too much here uh, with this. But the news came across on, I believe it was Friday um, that, or maybe it was Saturday, that, uh, no, Friday, because he it was the Thursday that happened. Um, M- uh, Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez, who pitched for the Phillies for one year and only in September 2014, he was signed, if you remember, signed by Ruben Amaro in 2013 on a pretty, Big deal. Uh, the Phillies going after him hard. He was the first real big Cuban signing the Phillies have had in this new era of international signings. And Gonzalez, a lot of people thought, would be sort of a mid-rotation to top-rotation guy. Could you know come in as early as 2014 and be a valuable starter on the team. Um, but it never worked out for him. He only pitched a little bit in September of 2014 and then was uh, brought back down to the minors and just never really had uh, the... the. He, he had a decent season, I guess, in 2014, but 2015 he did not pitch well. He got injured a lot, and at the end of the day, the Phillies decided to cut bait with him. Never really had the performance that the Phillies hoped out of him. So the tragic news is that on Thursday, he uh, reportedly died in a car accident in his native Cuba, and um, it's the second time... That the Phillies have lost somebody in a, in a in a in an accident of sorts uh, in the last three weeks. So three weeks ago, Roy Halliday died, of course, in his plane crash in the Gulf of Mexico, which is still weird to think about. And now we have Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez, and it's a really interesting. I don't know if it's irony, I don't know if it's just a weird circumstance, um, uh, happenstance, but Halliday was the guy for the Phillies in 2010 and 11. And even two thousand twelve. Um and Gonzalez was signed just after just as Halliday was basically ending his career and you know, his career was cut sadly short because of injuries. Gonzalez comes in and is this big signing for the Phillies and they think that ooh he's gonna be this big time, you know, potential ace and it never works out. So it's just it's just funny how those two careers never really intersected, but they, they're they're kind of gonna be joined a little bit, um, at least when we think about loss and interpreting that, especially in 2017 in November, that these two guys were both lost around the same time. So just another sad story and our best to the family and the friends of Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez and to the Phillies who obviously are mourning as well. Um, not on the same level as Halliday as far as the impact that he had on the organization or anything like that, but still very young guy. And it's just so sad to see any young person taken from us too soon and Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez had a very good career in Cuba was well revered in his native land uh, as a pitcher just didn't work out in America but uh, again best to his family Uh, another sad news story for the Phillies okay hot stove time is upon us in fact the stove is right in front of us as if we're opening a door to the house and the stove is standing there looking at us That'd be really weird, kind of awkward, a little scary actually, but there it is. The stove is in front of us. The burner has been turned on and very quickly we will get some moves. But before we do that, I wanted to go through the top 100 Major League Baseball free agents as per the sporting news at sportingnews.com. Go through all the names and let you know who the Phillies should go after. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Is it some discussion? We will do that. I might say no and move on very quickly, especially as we get through the list I might say yes, I might give you a little bit more talk about each guy, we'll go through each name as we do, but we'll go through all the names, 101 of them, very quickly, as quickly as possible, and let you know how the Phillies should proceed here in this offseason. right, let's do it. Starting with J.D. Martinez, 31-year-old outfielder. Martinez is very good, he started his career with the Astros and was pretty mediocre, More like a 4th or 5th outfielder type. And then he went to Detroit and all hell broke loose. Since going to Detroit four years ago, 300, 361, 551. That's an insane line. 99 home runs, 285 RBI in those four years. He's been very, very good. Outfielder, can play the corners. Not the greatest outfielder, but pretty good. He can handle his own. He wouldn't be much of a sort of a downside in the outfield. He'd kind of be average out there, especially in this Phillies outfield, uh, although they have three really good outfielders at this point. But that's the point right now, is that the Phillies have three good outfielders. Nick Williams, Aaron Alterra, and Odubo Herrera are good. And they finished off last year as a good unit. I think the Phillies should continue to see what they have there between the three of them. There have been rumors about guys being maybe dangled in trades. No names or anything, but people have talked about maybe the Phillies could move an outfielder. Yeah, they could do that, but I think it's more likely that they do that for pitching. Uh, if they get a free agent outfielder, would they get someone like Martinez? I don't know. 31 years old, yeah, he's still got a lot in him, and he still has some great ability to get on base. His slugging is quite good. He'll probably hold up for a couple of years as a good on-base player at the very least, but I don't know if the Phillies would be going after someone who would command as much money as J.D. Martinez. Many assumptions are that he would he, he would probably be worth like 20 to 25 million a year. He got paid 11.75 million last year between the Tigers and the Diamondbacks. He was traded to the Diamondbacks mid-season last year as the D-backs made their playoff run. But at the end of the day, I don't know if Martinez is worth it. He's going to get probably 5-6 years, 20 million a year from some team who definitely is much more in contention at this point. The Phillies are close to that point, but they're not quite there. Same thing with Giancarlo Stanton. If the Phillies want someone like Stanton, you'd probably want to wait until next year when the money is right and when the timing is right and when the Phillies know exactly what they have for a competitive team. They know that they have good players offensively, but can these guys be competitive players? We have to find that out this year. And trading away one to two outfielders and bringing in someone like JD Martinez is just not the right move at this point it's not how the Phillies have been doing things I don't think they'll go after him I will say pass number two Jake Arietta 32 year old starting pitcher Arietta of course is a very good pitcher he's been for a couple of years now started his career with the Orioles and then broke out with Chicago 2015 he was unbelievable 22 and six with a 177 era. 236 strikeouts and 48 walks last year a little bit down 353 ERA 163 strikeouts and 55 walks still very good still at the very least a number two starter I don't think he's one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball he's close I think he's around the same level as Aaron Nola um, which is I think also high praise to Aaron Nola Arrieta would command a lot of money as well a lot of reports that he would command at least 20 to 25 million and would probably want a contract of at least 4 to 5 years. Again, I don't think the Phillies are going to go after a big-time starting pitcher. Andy McPhail did say that they're not going to be searching for a unicorn in pitching, someone who could come in as a as a free agent and and give them five incredible years. He just thinks that that's a fool's errand, and I'm kind of with him on that, getting someone for that amount of money and that amount of years. You're always rolling the dice with that, and this is not quite the time that the Phillies should be rolling the dice. They've done very, very well at being patient and seeing young players blossom into good players, and this is not quite the moment where Jake Arrieta factors into that. So I would say pass on Arietta, and we'll talk about the qualifying offers in a second, but he would also risk the Phillies a second-round pick, not as much of a big deal, but all things told, pass. Number three, you Darvish, 31-year-old starter. He would not cost any picks. Now here's the deal. If the Phillies go after one of nine players who rejected a qualifying offer, they would have to give up a second-round pick to the other team. They would lose a second-round pick, I should say. Not give it up. They would lose it. You Darvish, because he was traded midseason to the Dodgers, would not cost the Phillies a second round pick or anybody any picks. So, at least you don't lose a draft pick. You would probably lose a lot of money because Darvish would command, again, somewhere around $20 million a year. Darvish is good. The numbers are good. The playoff numbers are a little bit worrisome. But the injury problems are a bigger thing for me. I just don't think the Phillies want to risk it going after a big free agent who has injury problems in the past. They need quality starting pitchers who can give them a lot of innings and feel good about it. They don't need anybody yet who can be a free agent stopper, again, in the, in the, in the vein of a Jake Arrieta or a Yu Darvish. Pass on Yu Darvish. Number four is Eric Hosmer, first baseman. Pass. Eric Hosmer is a first baseman. Very good defensive first baseman. In fact, maybe the best there is. But the Phillies already have Tommy Joseph, who probably will get dealt at some point or will move on. But they also have Reese Hoskins. And there's no point in having Reese Hoskins go to the outfield and trading one of the outfielders and then putting in Eric Hosmer as a first baseman. It's a lot of moving parts. I don't think it's the right move at this point for the Phillies. They should, again, see what they get out of the outfield that they have now. They should... Have Reese Hoskins at first base, I say pass. Number five, Mike Moustakis, third baseman, pass. Yes, Michael Franco has not been very good, but I want to go back to J.D. Martinez. Martinez started his career as sort of a mediocre, not starter in the outfield for Houston. It was only when he turned 26 and went to Detroit that his career broke out. Michael Franco is still very young. There's still opportunities for him to break out. He's shown that he can be a game-breaking player who has good slugging percentage. He can get on base. He reduced his strikeouts last year. Yes, he still has a bad approach at the plate. But I think at the end of the day, you want to give Franco more shots at their base. This year should be his last shot with the Phillies. I don't think the Phillies should drag it out too long. But there's no point in going out and getting a third baseman who can come in and challenge Franco for a job. You want to show Michael Franco that... You want to give him a shot and that he is the guy. Keep the pressure off him because you have now you have Reese Hoskins, you have Aaron Altair, you have a bunch of hitters who can actually be the guy in the middle of the lineup. And Franco can settle back into the sixth hole or something like that. See what he can do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But this is not the time to challenge him for third base in spring training. Pass on Mike Mustakis. Number six, Wade Davis, relief pitcher. Another qualifying offer guy. Pass. The Phillies are not in the market yet for a big-time, end-of-the-game relief pitcher to put them over the hump. That's one of the last things that a team does before they are a World Series contender. Typically, they are a World Series contender by the time they get a guy like Wade Davis. Pass. Number seven, Lorenzo Cain, center fielder. Only if the Phillies trade Odubo Herrera would I be interested in Lorenzo Cain. But I'm not really that interested in Lorenzo Cain to begin with. Also a qualifying offer guy. Pass. Number eight, Lance Lynn, starting pitcher. This is a name that the Phillies have been sort of attached to because a lot of people who at least cover the Phillies or write about the Phillies think they should get someone like a Lance Lynn to be starting pitcher he's in that second tier of pitcher that is available in free agency so he wouldn't cost the Phillies probably 20 million dollars but he would still cost a hefty penny I would assume that Lynn would probably be about 15 million dollars a year for a couple years three to four years he also is a qualifying offer guy so he would cost the Phillies a second round pick I don't want him though Why? His walk rate is astoundingly high for someone who's supposed to be good. 3.8 walks per nine last year, 3.5 in 2015, 3.2 in 2014, 3.4 in 2013. The guy walks at least three guys per nine innings. That's his deal. He does not give up a ton of home runs, although his home runs per nine went up big time last year to 1.3 per nine. His strikeout rate also went down big time to 7.4 per nine last year, down from in the eights his entire career. This is a guy who is prime to have a career, uh, a second half of career slump. He's going to be 31 for next year. Uh, he's, he's, He's a good pitcher, but he also has been pitching in St. Louis, which is a pretty decent pitcher's park. He's been pitching in that system, which St. Louis is pitching, is obviously a very good coaching staff. They know what they're doing out there. Just don't feel good about a guy like Lance Lynn coming in with that walk rate, with the rising home run rate, with the with the with the uh, reducing uh, with with the falling, I should say, strikeout rate. I just don't like Lance Lynn. pass. Number nine, Greg Holland, thirty-two year old starting relief pitcher. Yeah, uh, eh, no pass. Holland's very good very good relief pitcher he's done it for some teams in the past uh in playoff position you know he's been a very good uh closer relief pitcher he can plug in in the eighth or ninth inning he's also a qualifying offer guy though so he would be costing the Phillies a second round pick I don't really believe in giving up a second round pick for a relief pitcher but that's the thing uh again Phillies are not in the market yet for a top level relief pitcher I say pass Number 10, Alex Cobb, starting pitcher. Another name that has been attached to the Phillies in that people who write about the Phillies think that he would be interesting. Second-tier starting pitcher again. Interesting name. He sounds pretty good, right? He had a 3.66 ERA last year with Tampa Bay. He historically has had ERAs in the twos. This goes back to 2012 and 13 his strikeout rate, though, is a little bit lower than it's been, 6.4 this this last year, 6.5 in 2016. This is down from his 8s and 7s that he was carrying in the 2012, 13, 14 season. He had Tommy John in 2015, so that reduced his strikeout rates, it seems. Uh, the home run rates have gone up quite a bit. The walk rates have also gone up a little bit, although it was a 2.2 last year, which is lower than usual. He's kind of all around the board. His, his big thing, though, is the injuries he hasn't gone a year where he basically hasn't been hurt uh the tommy john surgery was the big thing but he's been hurt almost every single year with a different ailment some of them weird ailments like he got hit in the head with a line drive some of them are actual injuries it's just kind of guy that i don't know if i want to go with going forward because of the fragility again he might be able to cost the Phillies a little bit less than a guy like you darvish I'd imagine kind of like Lance Lynn, somewhere closer to 15 million, although he might be more like 12 million. If the Phillies can hold out and maybe he's still available on a one year deal late in the offseason, maybe that's worth it. But for a guy that they want to target, I say pass. Number 11, Brandon Morrow, relief pitcher. He's really interesting to me. Uh, There are a lot of really good relief pitchers on the market, especially as you start showing here in the number 11 spot and then all the way down. There's a ton of good names here. Morrow last year for the Dodgers was very good. Uh, He went uh, 10 games he finished, 45 total he played, 206 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 9 walks, really good numbers. Really good numbers from Brandon Morrow. And this carries on from the last couple years. Ever since he became a relief pitcher, he's been quite good. With both San Diego and the Dodgers, he'd be a really good choice for the Phillies. Uh, He's not making a ton of money, so if the Phillies were to sign him, I'd imagine it'd be somewhere around four, five, six million, maybe one or two years in a contract. That might be worth it. Um, It's possible that they would have to pay a little more than that, but the Phillies do have the money. If it's for one or two years, could be an interesting move. I say the Phillies should go after Brandon Morrow, but again, there's another, there's a ton of really good relief pitchers. And there's another name coming up that's really, really interesting. But you can't go wrong if you're the Phillies with going after one of these many good relief pitchers who are in their early 30s and have had really good numbers over the past couple of years. Number 12, Eduardo Nunez, 30-year-old utility player, second baseman, shortstop, a little bit of third base. He's a little too much for the utility spot that the Phillies will be looking for. He would probably want a starting job most of the season, and the Phillies can't guarantee that. With second base becoming Scott Kingery's probably at some point, I just don't see it working out. Pass number thirteen, Jonathan Lucroy, catcher. It's interesting that the Phillies could be attached to him because Jorge Alfaro, while he could be the starting catcher next year, they might want to ease him into that role and so have a better starter in front of him for most of the season as they get Alfaro going. But Luke Roy will probably command more than just a one-year deal, which is what the Phillies would want to give a catcher at this point. I say pass. There's no point in bringing in someone as good as Luke Roy, as good as he is. It's just not worth it in a position that the Phillies don't need that kind of contract. Number 14 Addison Reed, relief pitcher. Very interesting name, just like Brandon Morrow. With the Mets last year, had a very good season, 2.57 ERA for them last year. He also, as I call up his strikeouts, uh 48 strikeouts and just 6 walks for the Mets. He was outstanding. Then he went to Boston end of the season, uh after the trade deadline and still put up good numbers, 3.33 ERA with the Red Sox, 28 strikeouts. And nine walks he's had very good numbers since 2000 and really 14 uh he's a really good pitcher really good pitcher and if the Phillies wanted to go after him I say why not he'd probably come in a little bit more than someone like Brandon just because the money in the history uh, is a little bit more he'd probably cost somewhere around nine to ten million if it's a one or two year deal sure why not one of these guys would do Addison Reed's definitely worth it number 15 Jay Bruce Pass, hard pass, no thank you. I just don't like Jay Bruce as this, I mean, look, he gets on base a decent amount, but his defense is lacking, and he just seems like the kind of guy that we get really sick of after about two months. Uh, I just don't think it's worth it, especially because he'd be starting, and again, you don't want to move any of these guys in the outfield right now, all Herrera and Williams is the way to go. Pass on Jay Bruce. Number 16, Logan Morrison, first base. Morrison has had a big breakout with the Rays over the past year or two, um, but I don't know if he's really worth it. He's mostly a first baseman. He could play some outfield, but I don't think there's a place for him on the Phillies. Again, like Hosmer, it's not worth it to bring in a second first baseman. Pass. Number 17, Zach Kozart, shortstop. Interesting name. Again, someone who'd probably want to start. I don't think it's worth it. J.P. Crawford should be the guy coming out of spring training. I'm going to go pass. Number 18, Mike Miner, relief pitcher. I'm not in love with Miner as much as I am the other relief pitchers, so I'm going to say pass. But again, the Phillies should be looking at someone who's a veteran, who's got a lot of innings um, um, available in that relief spot, who can go the 8th or ninth inning. But I don't know if Miner's the right guy. I'm going to go pass. Number 19, Yonder Alonso, first base. Again, like all the other first basemen I've talked about before, pass. Number 20, Alex Avila, catcher. He's the first catcher who's available here in the list other than Luke Roy. But like Luke Roy, he probably still would want to be a starter. And again, I don't think the Phillies should try to confuse things at catcher. Pass. Number 21, Brian Shaw, relief pitcher. I like Shaw. I think he's a really interesting choice, um, and I would say go after it. But like Morrow, like Reed, you know these guys are sort of interchangeable. Uh, Go after Shaw. One of these guys will do. Number twenty-two, Wellington Castillo, catcher. Pass again, another catcher who probably want to start at some point. No. Number twenty-three, Tyler Chatwood, starting pitcher. So he's someone that has been linked to the Phillies a little bit. In that, again, he's one of these. Second or third tier guys who the Phillies would probably be more interested in going after. Um, There's been no actual talk of the Phillies going after him, but he just seems like an obvious candidate. His numbers aren't quite good, though. Yes, he pitched in Colorado, but I'm not in love with everything he's done. 117 strikeouts to 70 walks in 2016. 120 strikeouts to 77 walks in 2017. If you're going to pitch for the Rockies, you can't walk anybody. Yeah, you're going to give up home runs. Yeah, you're going to give up hits, but you cannot walk anybody. And that's what he did last year. He walked 4.0 per nine in 2016 and 4.7 per nine last year. And that's a trend for him. He walks at least three per inning, excuse me, three per nine over his entire career. I don't like that. I think that is the first thing that is an alarm for any Phillies pitchers in the future. Look, if you're pitching in San Diego or L.A., maybe you can get away with some walks, but you can't do it in Philadelphia. You don't want guys on base. I say pass on Tyler Chatwood. Number 24, Todd Frazier, third base. Interesting choice, and if I actually wanted someone who could challenge, quote-unquote, Mike Alfranco, he would be my guy. But at the end of the day, he's not really that great defensively. Um, He is a little bit more two-dimensional offensively, he can't play too many positions. Maybe as a first base, third base guy, he'd be interesting, but I think he'd want to start more often. And the Phillies can't, again, challenge guys like Franco. At this point, it's not the right moment. I say pass. 25, Carlos Gonzalez, outfielder. Gonzalez has stepped down a little bit from being one of the best players in baseball. Uh, still pretty good slugger at the end of the day. But he's just not the same guy. Hit 262 with 14 home runs and 57 runs batted in last year. Is Carlos Gonzalez worth it as a fourth outfielder? Potentially. He's got some pop. He can hit left, which is something that the other Phillies outfielders, well, I guess most of them do. So maybe not. But as a pop guy, it'd be interesting to have him on the team. Would he want to start, though? I'd say probably more likely, and that would make a tough situation. So with that, I'd say pass, but if it were maybe two years later and Gonzalez was available as a high home run guy off the bench, then I think that's much more of a likelihood. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I need a breath. Okay. More of the top 100, starting with number 26, Jake McGee, relief pitcher. Kind of like the other relief pitchers I talked about. Why not go after him? One of these guys will stick. Number 27, Anthony Suarzak, relief pitcher. Same deal. I'm not going to go through all the relief pitcher stats. It's not worth it at this point. All these guys are decent choices. Number 28, Andrew Kashner, starting pitcher. Kashner is another third tier starting pitcher, kind of like Chatwood. Again, High walk rate, lower strikeout rate. I don't really like what Cashner puts on the table here. He's not worth it to me. I'm going to say pass. I just don't like that walk rate. Number 29, Jason Vargas, starting pitcher, who led the American League in wins last year. Yes, Jason Vargas, who went 18 and 11 with a 4.16 ERA for the Royals. He won 18 games for the Royals, who were not good last year. That's pretty amazing. 134 strikeouts, 58 walks. 416 ERA, not bad. 2016, he barely pitched. 2015, barely pitched. 2014, 371 ERA, 128 strikeouts, 41 walks. 2013, 402 ERA, 109 strikeouts, 46 walks. I kind of like him. Yes, the injury concerns are there, but he doesn't have the Alex Cobb history of being injured every single season. Vargas would command a little bit of money, but not too much. I'd imagine somewhere around a three-year deal worth about $12 million a year, 10 to $12 million a year. That's not that bad. If they can get him for two years, that'd be pretty good. But Vargas is the kind of guy I'd target. Lower walk rate, yeah, he's going to give up some runs, and maybe he had a h- an injury in his past, but at the end of the day, pretty decent pitcher, who in the American League has put up an ERA right around four for the past couple years. That's not bad at all. I think he's the guy that you'd want to target if you're looking at a free agent pitcher who can go slot in the three or four spot. Number 30, Pat Neshek, relief pitcher. Good old Pat Neshek, one of our uh, great great signings from last year he was actually a trade acquisition and he made the all-star team for the Phillies the only Phillies all-star we all remember how good he was 1-1-2 ERA with the Phillies then he went to Colorado slightly worse but still a 2-4-5 ERA 24 strikeouts and just one walk for the Rockies last year at the end of the day 1-5-9 ERA 69 strikeouts really nice and then six walks Nishek was outstanding last year, and he has a track record. He's also liked. Uh, he liked pitching in Philadelphia last year. He'd probably command a decent amount of money, probably a two-year deal, somewhere around eight million a year. Another relief pitcher who I'd put in there as a possibility. He's been good. I'd go after him. Number thirty-one, Steve Shishek, uh who is was on the Rays. Excuse me, the, the Mariners, and, and then the Rays uh, last year. Um, and he used to be on the Marlins. I remember. Just having to like recite in my head, Steve sells she at the she-shore or whatever it was. A good pitcher. Like anybody else that we've talked about in a relief relief market, he's just like everybody else. I'd say potentially yes to him. Number 32, Carlos Santana, first baseman. There were some weird rumors about the Phillies being interested in Carlos Santana. I have no idea why Santana would A, cost the Phillies a second-round draft pick, B, a lot of money, C, he's a first baseman and only a first baseman, so the Phillies would have to move an outfielder or two to free up Reese Hoskins to play the outfield, or maybe they would move Reese Hoskins, but why would you do that? That makes no sense at all. No. Pass. No need for Carlos Santana. Number 33, Tony Watson, relief pitcher. Yeah, possibly. 34, Juan Nicasio, relief pitcher. Yeah, possibly. Number 35, Neil Walker, second base. Now, if the Phillies are going to get a second baseman, they should just might as well get Cesar Hernandez another year and then try to move him at the deadline or something like that and then have Scott Kingery come in at some point. There's no point in getting someone who's going to want to start every day at second base, someone like Anil Walker, who's decent but not great. There's not any point to that. If they're going to get a second baseman, get someone who is a low-risk guy, who maybe can give you a little bit of potential. Nothing like Anil Walker. Number 36, CeCe Zabathia. Starting pitcher. Sabathia is interesting, but I just don't think he'd want to pitch in Philadelphia. Not because we got on him in 2008 and said CC sucks. Hopefully he's over that. He did get the win in 2009. But Sabathia is kind of a pitcher who's at the tail end of his career. He's pitched for the Yankees forever. He had a renaissance year last year uh, where he put up a 369 ERA, struck out 120 and walked 50. Pitched really well in 2016 as well. I just don't know if he's going to want to come back unless it's for a team that is contending right now for a World Series. Now, if he is open to coming to a team like Philadelphia, then yeah, i take a flyer on a one-year deal for CeCe Zabathia, maybe give him a lot of money up front, something like $15 million or up to $20 million. But again, he's old. There's a lot of innings on that body. I don't know if he's going to hold up an entire season. I'd be very wary about it. If I was a team that was rebuilding like the Braves or something like that, I'd definitely be interested in CC Sabathia. If I was a team like the Yankees that was trying to contend and I'd want to bring them back on a one or two year deal, yeah, Sabathia would be the right choice, but the Phillies are in the middle, they're not quite looking for that kind of an arm right now, I'd ultimately pass. Number 37, Brandon Kinsler, relief pitcher, another interesting relief pitcher name. Really good season last year with Minnesota and then with the Nationals. With Minnesota 278 ERA, 27 strikeouts, 11 walks, a little high. But he's a pretty good pitcher who'd be a lot less money than someone like a Pat Neshek or a Steve Cishek or a Jake McGee. He'd cost probably more like $5 million a year, maybe one to two years. So if the Phillies didn't want someone on that higher deal, Brandon Kinsler would do just fine. Number 38, John Jay outfielder. So if we're talking about fourth outfielders, John Jay would be an interesting choice. He, of course, played for years with the St. Louis Cardinals. We all remember him in 2011. I don't want to remember him too much, but he's a good defensive outfielder, and he can hit. Uh, he's he's had some good seasons where he's hit sort of closer to 300. Um, could he work out as a fourth outfielder for the Phillies next year? Yeah, I don't think why not. But would he want to start? I'm not sure. Last year, he went 296, 34 runs batted in, uh, and two home runs with uh, the Cubs. In his past, he hit 300. His on-base percentage has been close to 350 sometimes. He's a good player. Would he want to start? Probably. Can the Phillies give him enough time out there? Maybe. He's an interesting choice. I think he'd be the top choice for a fourth outfielder, but only if he'd want to take a fourth outfielder spot. Otherwise, I wouldn't waste the time on him. 39, Howie Kendrick. Utility player. Was amazing with the Phillies last year. Uh, Didn't get a lot of time out there because he was hurt a little bit. Uh, The Phillies tried to jam him into second base a little bit. And then he got moved to the Nationals and played well for the Nationals down the stretch. I'd entertain him again. The injury concerns are, are a little bit worrisome, but He was good for the Phillies last year and gave them what they needed. I would be interested in bringing him back. Just like John Jay, am I in love? No, but someone that would be interesting, yeah. Number 40, Carlos Gomez, outfield. Gomez is interesting. I've always kind of liked him, but I just don't like him for this team right now. Um, He's been up and down in his career. I just don't love the fact that the Phillies would have to take a gamble on him. I'd rather have a more sure thing in the outfield. Someone like a John Jay or a Howie Kendrick, I'd say pass. Number 41, Bud Norris, relief pitcher. Sure, go after him. Why not? Number 42, Cameron Maben, outfield. Again, interesting choice, but I might want someone who's got a little more pop in the outfield. But here's the thing. Maben plays all three outfield positions. He's good at it. He can run. He's got some contact. Why not? He'd be an interesting choice. 43, Austin Jackson, outfield. He's like Cameron Maben, light, with a little more power. Um again I'd be interested in him if he'd want to take that fourth outfielder spot, which I think is kind of doable for him. So yeah, why not? Forty-four, Lucas Duda, first base. No thanks. I don't want a first baseman. Duda can only play first base, maybe left field on a on a on a whim, but I just don't think he's worth it. Number 45, Jules Chassin, starting pitcher. Eh, I'm not in love with Jules Chassin. I don't know. He's the kind of guy that um he feels like a six starter, and I know the Phillies need the depth, and they don't have a lot left in the Lehigh Valley tank. So Chassis doesn't seem like, you know, he, he might fit, maybe not. I just don't love him. I'd probably move on and just meh, say no. Number 46, R.A. Dickey. Kind of like CC Sabathia. I don't think you want to go after a guy who has a lot of mileage in the tank. I mean, Dickey could probably pitch forever with the knuckleball, but he's been showing a lot of cracks in the armor the last couple years. I don't love him. I don't think he's the right choice. No. Number 47, Usmerio Pettit, relief pitcher. Maybe. Now we're getting into that sort of dregs where you're going after guys who can be real risks in the relief pitching target area, so I I don't know if he's the right guy. Nah. Number 48, Mitch Moreland, first base. No. No point. I don't know why I'd need him. Number 49, Brian Dwensing, relief pitcher. Eh, again, we're getting into that third or fourth tier of relief pitching. Maybe not worth it. I'm not sure. Number 50, Mark Reynolds. First base, Mark Reynolds. He can hit some home runs. That's about it. Maybe if the Phillies need a pop bat in like two years, if he's still around. If not, I don't care. No. All right, that's the end of the top 50. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and do more of the top 101. We're going to go through them really quick now. We'll be back. Okay, time to run through the next part of the top 101. Number 51, Yunel Escobar, shortstop. I'm going to take a second on him because he's the kind of guy that if I'm the Phillies, I would be looking at if I want a utility bat. Very good OBP. His career OBP is 350. He hits around 280 for his career. He's... A good player who could play second base, shortstop, even a little third base. He's experienced. He's been around a lot. It would be good in the clubhouse. I think he's the right choice. If the Phillies are wanting to move on from Cesar Hernandez and Freddie Galvez, Uni would be the right guy. Number 52, Tommy Hunter. Interesting choice. Walk numbers are low 14 last year, 64 strikeouts with Tampa Bay in 58 innings. 261 ERA last year. Uh, good numbers throughout be a good relief pitcher from that third or fourth tier, sure. Number 53, Fernando Abad, relief pitcher. Not so hot about him, I'm not sure, probably no. Number 54, Chris Iannetta, catcher. Iannetta is an interesting backup catcher choice. He's got decent pop, he can hit a little bit. The problem is, he cannot frame, and he can't call games. He was one of the worst pitch framers in 2016, more average in 2017, but I would not trust him completely. I want a really good pitch framer for this team for next year and I don't think Inette is the right guy pass number 55 Jose Reyes infielder pass completely the the problems with his pass with with, with uh, domestic abuse I just no not even close I don't want him get him out of here. I don't want him in my clubhouse at all plus I just don't want a met like him in my clubhouse so That's that's another story but just the the character issues first and foremost nah no thanks. Number 56, Seth Smith, outfielder. Uh, While it's hard to say his name, he's not a bad choice. Uh, He gives you a little bit of pop. He can get on base a little bit. He can play all the outfield positions. Yes, take a flyer for him. He'd be my next choice maybe after John Jay to be a backup outfielder. Number 57, Jaime Garcia, starting pitcher. I don't love him. I think, you know, this is a guy who had a lot of promise early in his career, but he's only been mediocre, and he's pitched for the Braves for a long time, and was with the Cardinals, and I just don't think he'd be the right choice for the Phils. There's too much of a book on him at this point. Um, As a reclamation project, maybe another team would want to take him on, but I don't think he's the right move for the Phils. Number 58, Jared Dyson, center field. Yeah, he'd be interesting. Again, another guy who can get on base and steal some bags and that kind of thing. Could be a decent fourth outfitter choice. I don't see why not, but I'd go after someone like John Jay or Seth Smith first before I go after a Jared Dyson. Number 59, Trevor Cahill, relief pitcher. Eh. Trevor Cahill's always been an ad to me. Sometimes he could be outstanding, sometimes he could be really poor. I don't know. I'm not in love with him. Let's move on. 60, Jeremy Hellickson, starting pitcher. He was good in 2016, not so good in 2017, and then he fell apart with the Orioles last year. No, no thanks. We don't need Halickson again. Good guy. Was good for the Phillies for a moment, but eh, let's move on and get someone who can definitely pitch, you know, to like a four ERA next year. Uh, That'd be a lot better for us. Number 61, Ichiro, outfielder. Interesting, right? He'd be fun to have on the team. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's funny. He's interesting. Good quote can play the outfield positions, can hit, obviously, we know that, can run a little bit. Yeah, why not? He's 44, injuries could be an issue, he's getting up there, there's a lot of gas in the tank, eh, maybe. I'd say okay if the Phillies struck out on any of the other guys. He'd be an interesting choice and he'd be fun to root for, but I'm not in love with Ichiro, let's just say that. I'd be in love with him 10 years ago, but not now. 62, Melky Cabrera, outfielder. I'm not really a big fan of Melky. Uh, he gives you some pop, obviously, but you know there's some things that left to be desired with him. Not a great on-base guy. His defense is decent, but not great. Um, I'd rather have someone more agile out there in the outfield. Cabrera's just more of a power bat. Again, I don't think the Phillies need a power bat in the outfield quite yet. Number 63, David Hernandez, relief pitcher. I remember David Hernandez, don't you? Nah, let's move on. Number 64, Jose Bautista outfielder. No. I mean, it'd be fun to have Bautista just as hey, we have Jose Bautista, but we don't know if he's going to be good next year. He was a career low in a lot of things last year. Outfield-wise, he can only play right field. I wouldn't trust him really out there in the other positions. He's really more of a DH at this point, actually. Nah, as much as I love Bautista, if he's around next year as a power bat, potentially, but he's not the right fit right now. Number sixty-five is Doug Fister. The Rangers resign him to a contract, four-year, uh, four, uh, $4 million-dollar deal. So he's off the table. Number sixty-six, Adam Lynn, outfielder at first baseman. Lind is again sort of this power bat who doesn't really get on base a ton. He's you know sort of wonky out there. Eh, I'm not a big fan of him. Let's move on. Number sixty-seven, Michael Saunders, outfielder. Pass. Number sixty-eight, Alcides Escobar, shortstop. Could be an interesting utility guy, but I much more prefer, you know, Escobar out there than Alcides Escobar. Number 69, Chris Tillman, starting pitcher. I really like Tillman. He gives you strikeout stuff. He is very consistent in walking around 65 65 batters a season. 2013 with Baltimore, he walked 68. 2014, 66. 2015, 64. 2016, 66. Last year, he only walked 51 with 63 strikeouts because he got hurt. Shoulder injury. I would be interested in taking him as a flyer. The problem is the Phillies need more of a sure thing out there. So you wouldn't want to pencil him in as the number four starter next year. But I would be interested in a flyer for Chris Tillman. Because he could be an upside guy who gets you an ERA around three and a half. Could be interesting. But as a flyer, if he's cheap, go for him. Number 71, Ben Revere, outfield. I would much rather take a number of guys before I take Ben Revere back as a fourth outfitter on this team. Pass. Number 72, Joe Smith, relief pitcher. I can't believe Joe Smith is still in baseball. Pass. Number 73, Wade Miley, starting pitcher. Eh, Miley's sort of a number five starter at best. I think if the Phillies are going after any, any sort of starting pitcher, it's not Wade Miley. He's not the right choice. Pass. Number 74, Francisco Lariano, starting pitcher, relief pitcher. I'd be interested in Liriano just because he still has a really good strikeout stuff. The walks are still a problem, but Liriano's had a good renaissance in his second act. So I'd go after him if I'm the Phillies and looking for, again, someone who can maybe be a flyer, um, a fourth pitcher, maybe could be better than that, probably worse. No, I don't know. He's an interesting choice, and he'd also potentially solve a relief pitcher problem, so yeah, go after him a little bit. Number seventy-five, Zach Duke, relief pitcher, also starting pitcher. Eh, again, another person who I'm surprised is still in the league. It feels like it's been forever for him. But I pass. All right, we're going to continue moving on. Seventy-six, Nick Hundley, catcher. No, I'd rather have someone like Carlos Ruiz even or or uh, AJ Ellis even former Phillies, come on back but not Nick Hundley, another bad receiver who is more of a hitter than a receiver. Pass. 77, Curtis Granderson, outfielder. No, pass. Again, more of a pop guy. Uh, They need a guy who can play all the positions and well. Granderson's not bad, but he's not necessarily the guy I'd want out there uh, to be a backup outfielder. Pass. Number 78, Giovanni Gallardo, starting pitcher. I'd be interested in Gallardo. Um, Still has the walk problem, but he's not a bad choice um there are other guys that take above him so i'd probably pass but if he's still out there and we're in january and need someone it'd be interesting to take a flyer on him um maybe but i wouldn't bet the farm on him 79 peter Moylan, relief pitcher meh 80 craig stammen relief pitcher meh 81, Matt Albers relief pitcher. Meh. 82, Fernando Salas relief pitcher. Meh. 83, Luke Gregerson relief pitcher. Meh. I'd be more interested in Gregerson over everybody else there, but none of these guys are really striking any sort of temptation in me. 84, Edwin Jackson starting pitcher. Another one I can't believe is still in baseball. No, pass. 85, Rajai Davis outfield. I feel like he's like a fifth outfielder at best. I, I mean, Davis has, you know, a great moment in his career, but that's about it. I'd move on. Pass. 86, Kevin Segrist, relief pitcher. No. Didn't we have him already? Pass. 87, Daniel Nava, outfielder. This is the guy that we actually saw Phillies Phillies Nation would be a really good fourth outfielder for the Phils. He was good last year for the Phils. Gave you a good average, some pop, could play the positions a little bit not a great outfielder but he could at least hack it i'd rather go after someone like john jay but daniel and i was interesting um maybe possibly if they strike out yeah 88 hector santiago starting pitcher meh pass 89 sergio romo relief pitcher no i didn't like him last year i don't like him this year pass number 90 bartolo cologne starting pitcher just like the other pitchers we talked about who are up there in age, um, Cologne would be kind of a good guy on a reclamation team or a team that is looking for one piece in the starting pitching ranks to just kind of get them through. We would need more than that. We need someone who's not 40-plus pass. Number 91, Jason Wirth, outfielder. I know a lot of people like Jason Wirth to be back on the Phillies next year. It would be interesting to have him. Fun storyline. You shouldn't boo him, by the way. But, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of not having any former Phillies on this team. I'm talking about 2008 Phillies. That's why I did say Carlos Ruiz earlier, but I don't know if he's the right guy. Um, I'd rather move on from 2008. A.J. Ellis would be more likely as a catcher. I just don't think Jason Worth is the right fit for this team at this moment. I think he'd command much more of a story than the Phillies would want. I'd pass. 92, Brandon Phillips, second base. No, pass. He's well past his due. 93, Fernando Rodney, relief pitcher. No, old relief pitcher. I don't want him. 94, Matt Garza, starting pitching. I don't want Matt Garza on this team. I just, no, no. 95, Swang Huan Oh, relief pitcher. Eh, no. 96, Scott Feldman, starting pitcher. Eh, no again, don't think so. 97, Michael Pineda, starting pitcher. He'd be an interesting reclamation project, but he's had a lot of opportunities and he hasn't really become the pitcher that I think people would want him to be. So, eh, I'd pass. Number 98, Matt Holiday. He's a DH. He doesn't really play outfield anymore, and he doesn't play it well to begin with. No, pass. Number 99, Ubaldo Jimenez, starting pitcher. Ubaldo. No, I don't want Ubaldo. I just don't like the idea of Ubaldo. No, pass. Number 100, Chase Utley, second base. By the way, he's not going to be the hitting coach of the Phillies or the bench coach of the Phillies or whatever the heck that is. That story is nobody's verified it. W- w- what are we talking about here? Really? He hasn't retired. There's been no talk about him, no talk from him about what he wants to do. And as far as second baseman for next year, I mean, do you want him? Maybe. But again, I don't want 2008 Phillies on this team right now. I love Otley. He's my favorite player of all time. I just don't want him on the team. Pass. 101 John Lackey, starting pitcher. No, thank you. I do not want John Lackey and his mouth on the 2018 Phillies. So at the end of the day, Brandon Morrow would be very interesting. Um, Brian Shaw would be really interesting. As far as starting pitchers, Jason Vargas would be the guy I'd highlight. As far as utility, you know, Escobar. Fourth outfielder, John Jay would be really fun. Howie Kendrick could be a thought. You know... Not really a crazy free agent season for the Phillies. So this exercise was really fun to do for an hour. But hey, if you want your primer, that's it. As far as trading guys, Chris Archer. He's the guy I want. Trade a couple prospects for tr- Chris Archer who would fit really nicely next to Aaron Nolan starting rotation. If you had Nola, Archer... You dropped in someone like an Icoff or Velasquez. Then you would pick up someone like a Jason Vargas. And then you'd try out someone for that fifth spot, whether it's a Jake Thompson or a Ben Lively, someone like that. Fine. Go right ahead. Tom Eshelman. But I think the right move is to go after Chris Archer for trades. I mean, he's the guy. If you want to trade someone, trade for someone, trade for Chris Archer. That's my final five cents on the issue. All right. My voice is shot. My brain is fried. And I'm done. Next week on the Nation podcast or, or the week after, we'll figure it out. But we'll do a real podcast with some real guests and some real fun. That'll be great. Until then, I am Tim Malcolm. Thanks for listening. I hope you got through this all. We'll see you next time.